All right, welcome back. Another episode of Everything Jer. I'm your host, Jer, and I got a excited episode, or I'm excited for the episode coming up. We've got Kingsley. We can refer to him as King, or that's how I've been uh, referring to him at least, and Aaron, both uh, co-founders of Float and uh, a lot of other dope stuff that they've done as well. How are you guys doing today? Great. How are you? Doing well, doing well. So I'm, I'm kind of a doing a little bit of a new series or been experimenting with one. I feel like I'm connected with a lot of people on Facebook, on social media, um, but a lot of them I like only interact with a little bit online. I don't really, never had like a conversation uh, with, so kind of wanted to reach out to a bunch of people and uh, just get to know them a little bit more. Aaron was willing to do so, so thank you for that. Uh, and then I think I solidified it with a uh, uh, signing up for Float and starting a, a profile for Float. So um, I just did that about an hour ago. How about we could probably start off by talking about that. Um, if you want to explain what Float is and then how you guys kind of came up with the idea and, and why you were inspired to do it. Yeah. So yeah, Float's a, a social network and, uh, and soon to be marketplace. So at least next year we'll launch our, our marketplace. Um, we, you know, we just, we saw kind of the trend that was happening with censorship online and, uh, saw the impact that it was making on a lot of independent journalists, especially that I've been following for years on YouTube. Mm. So Aaron has been kind of instrumental in creating these uh, relationships. I, I always say that she's basically all the, all these, uh, you know, YouTubers that I've been, you know, a fanboy of, mm. uh, for, you know, back, back to like the Ron Paul days in 2008, um, somehow, some way she like magically is able to like, you know, grab through the screen and bring them into our real life. So it's I'm been just nice. <laughs> I'm the nice one. Yeah. That's That's takes, right? yeah. So, um, so yeah, we, you know, all these people, they, they started building up their communities, you know, using social, social media, like it was supposed to be where you have, uh, you know, mainstream historically, uh, kind of, you know, spewing what they, what you want to hear. And then social media popped up in, you know, the two thousands and it was like a great place for us to build community and communicate directly with our audience and build up a following. And we uh, slowly start to start to solve that, uh, to deteriorate, mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so we, you know, it was really concerning for me, especially using Google and YouTube as a research tool for just various topics that I'm interested in. And, uh, you know, some of those topics are kind of, you know, more like libertarian leaning or crypto leaning and, uh, and just noticing that like, you know, first of all, the, the, these YouTubers were having to change the words that they say just to cover, uh, you know, current events, uh, nothing really that controversial. Right. And even, you know, even crypto people have been, uh, have been censored on, on, uh, on YouTube. And then noticing also the algorithm changes on Google, where th things that used to populate in the search results were now being kind of just hidden, whether it's completely gone or maybe on the third or fourth page now, yeah. just, uh, you know, very concerning. You can type in the exact like title of the video and it's still not pop up. It's yeah. crazy. So we Oh, go ahead. I'm a little bit interested in uh, mushrooms a bit, and I think the last couple of months, a bunch of groups uh, have been getting shut down, like with no notice. Um, so I, I've been seeing it and experiencing it as well, and uh, it sucks because it's like, one, you don't have any notice, and two, things were going well for a while. A lot of time, it's not like you're even really doing anything wrong. You're just um, talking about stuff, and it's like these trigger right. words. Um, I got, I got a, a notification or a strike on my Facebook account uh, the other day 
from a post I posted three years ago. Yeah. Asking in a group for elderberry syrup. <laughs> yeah, it makes no sense. So I guess um you said you you guys kind of started this when you saw censorship kind of getting worse. I feel like censorship could have been getting worse for a while. What are you talking about like two years ago when it um when like Twitter started? I, I guess that was about two years ago or uh, what what like time period are you talking about where censorship started getting bad and you're like we need to do something? Yeah, it's I I think that the trend for censorship has been going up and up and up. I noticed this you know during 2008 and 2012 elections as I was uh, you know uh, helping with the Ron Paul campaign. So we kind of a lot of us saw what was happening there, um, and then um, and really I think the catalyst was you know whether you agree with them or not. Um, is when, when when Alex Jones got deplatformed in 2018, when all the big tech companies at the same time, uh, you know, just by coincidence, just like completely wiped him off the map, completely wiped yeah. him off the map. And this was a guy that's probably, you know, had over a billion views on YouTube and who knows how much money he brought, you know, to Google uh, directly from his his videos. So um, and then from there, it was, you know, then they started attacking, you know, smaller, smaller content creators, independent journalists that were covering just again, nothing really controversial, just yeah, like anti-war anti -war efforts or, you know, small town protests or. Yeah. Well, yeah, whatever it may be. So, you know, these are people that uh, good people that have been building up their, you know, especially their YouTube, Facebook, Twitter audience uh, for years, you know, on YouTube specifically started getting to 150,000 subscribers, subscribers, 250,000 subscribers making, you know, anywhere from eight to $10,000 a month, really now like able to take that monetization and, and really focus on their work. And overnight, you know, sometimes really literally for no reason or yeah, typically yeah. they'll just point to like big community guidelines where you're like i what did i do wrong still i don't understand yeah. um so yeah we saw it as an opportunity that's uh you know big tech has been we've, we've all been been using big big tech platforms for so long and now you know i feel that it's because they realize that kind of the the internet is getting out of the out of their hand especially since we're now developing uh decentralized technologies yeah decentralized technologies use a lot utilizing you know blockchain or ipfs right things are headed more towards the freedom oriented side of the spectrum and so of course like any powerful you know organization does they try to insert more control as they are starting to lose that control so it's just a big you know yeah i feel like they're power like play. they're they're grasping at straws right now and you know more people are starting to kind of uh, wake up or at least question um the things that they're that they're doing so Definitely. we yeah we started for, because of that i guess um excuse me if like my i don't understand uh, the tech so so much but um i feel like a lot of these big companies or maybe not these big companies but some companies like want to be about freedom and no censorship but then kind of when they get to a certain size, they um, they don't have a choice, whether it be like uh, Amazon AWS says you can't run on our servers unless you change or whatever, or maybe there's some powers that be that we can't really like see that are kind of pulling some strings for them. Um, so I guess my question is like, how do you guys uh, hope to prevent that from happening? Um, so like when you guys get big, are, do you think that people will be trying to pull your strings and you're just going to be firm on saying no? And then also, um, how do you guys like run float? Is it on a server of a big tech company that eventually are you guys going to have to worry about like um, them pulling you and then figuring that out? 
Well, first we've we've already kind of been tried to, um, or people have already tried, companies have already tried to kind of like pull our strings and threaten us. So uh, we removed ourselves off of the iOS app store, Apple app store back in January when we saw what they did to Parler. And we were just like, you know, we're not gonna dump time, money, resources into building an iOS app. It, they're just gonna come and do the same thing to us. So instead of us doing that, let's put it towards decentralization efforts and, you know, whatever. So we got off the Apple App Store back in January. Um, then just a couple of weeks ago, Google did reach out to us about our Android app in their App Store. And they um, basically pulled a piece of content from our app after asking us to create them a login, just a regular user login mm. on our on our app, uh, which a normal person can do in just five seconds. They they got nothing special. But anyway, they, they sent over a piece of content and they said, um, if you don't remove this content, then you're going to have to, uh, you're going to be removed from our app store on uh, December 29th. May I and ask so, what the content was? Uh, it was just a porn, uh, an NSFW pornography account oh. on Float, which it's a very small percentage of that kind of content that lives on Float. So, you know. And the fact that you can you can you can see these types of images on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram. At, I mean, you Facebook. can use Google Chrome to obviously go to you know porn sites. Right. Yeah. So um. So yeah, it was just it was it felt like they were like really digging to to find something to complain about and threaten us with. Yeah. So instead of like you know going back and forth, uh, as we know, which will would probably happen in the future, and playing whack a mole with whatever type of content they they think that we should censor, we just said. Ah, forget it. Um, you know, thankfully now we have an APK that can that can be uh, downloaded onto Android devices directly from our websites, and also, uh, you know, I, I recommend that people use uh, web apps, which a lot of people don't know about. But you can create a web app directly from uh, from a browser on your phone and, and add it to your home screen, okay. which basically you know pings the the website whenever you want to use it and acts as an app basically. And you don't have to you don't have to worry about uh, uh, new versions or anything like that. It automatically updates. So, so we would much rather just get all of this stuff out of the way. Um, you know, like we were on Amazon Web Services for about a month when we first started. But you know, like we research things before we we jump in and 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 start. So we knew that like being on AWS was not safe for us, and that was a hard lesson that Parler had to learn. I don't know why they were on AWS. Um, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, right now we're, we're we are on another another server that uh, provider that does uh, they have shown that they may be willing to censor uh, uh, data in, in the future. Um, so we're we're currently in the middle of moving our our all of our infrastructure, uh, infrastructure over to uh, Epic, which actually runs Infowars and a bunch of other ones. Right, and, and we got on a video call with the CEO of that company to kind of feel it out and you know see if it would be a good fit for us and. He is just like the most delightful man, you know, like he just sat there and, you know, he is very aligned philosophically with what we are and what we're about. And uh, he's made promises, you know, that 
our content would be safe against, you know, censorship and yeah, he's building like a really robust, resilient uh, cloud you know, system. So yeah. our, like, your data is going to have an underwater server in the middle of an ocean and fireproof. And it's funny too, because if you look up his name, Rob Monster on Google, you know, the first thing that's going to pop up is like the uh, Lex Luthor of the internet. Yeah, the villain and, of the uh, internet. It's like this grandfather just sitting in a cardigan with like a pipe in his study. And he's like, you guys ever, you know, want to come over for a cup of tea? Like yeah. he's just the nicest guy. Yeah. It's Rob Monster. Yeah, Rob Monster with that epic EPIC. Nice. Got it. Just I want to look it up later. But um, what's it called? Is are just curious, and then I want to um kind of move it a second, but are there blockchain um services that you can use for that or they're not really too developed yet? Yeah, no, so we're we are looking I like we we initially like we we've always had uh you know uh the goal of being as decentralized as possible well where it makes sense i don't i don't think necessarily that you know cat pictures need to live on blockchain you know forever i don't so what we're more about we feel that the best strategy is to pick uh, uh multiple cloud service providers that have shown that they will you know uh, go to bat yeah go to bat or, or stand up for free speech that way our, our data is duplicated among, uh, amongst many companies and servers across the world and then give users the uh, the option whether they want to. We're looking into integration with IPFS, which is a uh, decentralized uh, protocol to to host data and uh, and blockchain. So, for instance, we're looking to become a library app so that uh, people, when they post videos onto Float, they can also cross uh, post that to to the library blockchain, which will be backed up. So, looking at different integrations of, of how that we can you know bring onto uh, the Float as a platform and give users that opportunity to be able to uh, interact with those as they ch uh, choose. Awesome. Good stuff. Well, I got, I feel like I have like a hundred questions for you. I feel like I already got to like plan uh, another session with you, but um, to, <laughs> to move the conversation a little bit, I want to hear a little bit more about uh, this market. Um, would this be something that like anyone can sell anything kind of, is that like a Silk Road type of idea or um, what was that going to look like? Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, that would be the goal, right? In a, in a perfect, I guess, uh, more libertarian world. But, um, you know, we do, we are, do we censor our users? Uh, no, but do we have to follow the laws of the, you know, country that we reside in? Yes, you know, no one wants to go to prison. Um, so, so yeah, you know, we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to, uh, you know, not have things that, that are illegal to, you know, be bought and sold on the, on the marketplace. Right, that would um, just be built into yeah. the rules. Yeah, eventually, you know, I see uh, uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain kind of taking over where, where government is, is standing in the way as mm. far as, uh, you know, human evolution. So I think eventually we'll get there where people will be able to, to post uh, more things. You know, you see, you know, you do see regulations kind of opening up for cannabis and, and hopefully, uh, you know, psychedelics in the future as they've now been shown, you know, year over year to, right. to provide actual, uh, you know, health uh, measures for, for people that, that choose to, uh, to adopt that into their, their, uh, you know, their daily uh, routine. But, um, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to, you know, we'll have to kind of uh, monitor stuff like that, unfortunately, and, until things uh, clear up. Yeah, definitely, unfortunately. But um, what's it called now, I, I want to hear a little bit more about your idea for uh, IDs. I, um, I brought up a little just idea. I think it's weird that um, you do so much in high school, but like nothing that's useful, it seems. Um, and like, I actually... 
my high school, we had driver's ed after you got your license. Like, um, I have no idea. Makes like, sense. Yeah, it makes no sense. No sense. But um, I have a lot of students. Um, I taught in like inner city uh, Philadelphia. I have a lot of students who don't get their driver's license. Um, and then they don't have um, a state ID. And then they typically like don't um, vote because like, uh, you need an ID to vote and like they're not going to go spend a day to get this uh, card just to use once every four years, whatever. Um, so I was like, maybe in high school, we should have just IDs given that you'd have one use out of high school. Um, but you said you had an idea for float of uh, kind of like cross um, examining different profiles. Like, um, could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's something that I've been, uh, you know, brainstorming myself and talking to the team about for a while. Um, hopefully we'll be able to start integrating it uh, onto floats uh, sometime next year. But, um, but yeah, we're, we're entering this, you know, this new world where, you know, we have this physical ID that's that, uh, you know, we have to have in order to access uh, mostly, you know, government or, or regulated uh, industries. Uh, but, but in reality, you know, the, the trend is that, you know, your online identity is becoming even more so. I mean, if people, you know, if you've got a blue check mark on Twitter and you have a hundred thousand followers or a million followers, I mean, people are going to ask you for your ID to, to, to verify who you are. Right. So, uh, my idea is that, you know, okay, how do we, you know, I'm always thinking too, like, how do we privatize all these government services and make them better? Um, so my idea is that we, you know, with floats, uh, float could be your, your, you know, one of the kind of the central hub of, of at least the members of floats. And then they can basically verify their other online social, uh, IDs. Uh, so, you know, you can verify your Google one, your Twitter, uh, your Facebook. Sort of like how Keybase does it. Yeah. You can have, you know, you can verify your Reddit one. So that way I can say, okay, I'm talking to you on floats. And this is really important for us. You know, really, I mean, so it has a big use case. We've been impersonated so many times on Instagram and Facebook of, of fake uh, people trying to, you know, take scam. money. Yes. Yeah, scam, scam people, people out of their crypto. Yeah. It's, it's actually happened twice to two people that we know, unfortunately they use like now, especially with technology, they're using like deep fake technology for both, both video and audio to, to manipulate people. Yep. And, and the gatekeepers right now for like this kind of, uh, you know, like this blue check mark is where, you know, the process is where you have to usually contact them or be someone very famous and then submit your government uh, paperwork and then they'll- And then they'll, we have to keep it on there. file. And like, yeah. we don't want to do that. We don't- So yeah. so how can we make this process where it's not, you know, a, a, a supposed to be like a, like a status symbol, but an actual use case for like online identification. So having people, again, verify all their different social profiles, link it to back to their float profile, and then also offer a way for people to vouch for certain people. So if, you know, if I know that Erin uh, is, uh, is a float user and she has all these things, then it just levels of trust. So I can put in like another vouch for them. Uh, obviously, even following someone is kind of is somewhat of a vouch, but that can also be spoofed. Right. And, and then all, also offering just knowing the way that the world is, you know, we're not quite there with this, this idea of just online privatized ID, um, but we are stepping closer to it. So giving people if they want to, 
the ability to opt in and, and use a third party provider that provides KYC uh, to submit their government documents if they want to do that. An example, you know, would be a great one for Float Market. If I have a business and I want to make sure that my customers have all the levels of trust that Float can provide or this technology can provide, then I may want to do, you know, all those things plus the government ID so that when I'm when uh, a customer is talking with me, they know exactly who they're talking with and, you know. Nice. So it's, it's levels of it's levels of trust, right? I mean, even yeah. even uh, government IDs can be can be spoofed, as we've seen with uh, Jeffrey Epstein's uh, fake IDs, and uh, and we all we all know, you know, the stories of being in high school and you know yeah. getting a fake ID or whatever. So I had plenty of fake IDs, um, and then I, I feel like um, there's definitely a lot of use case for that. I love that idea. I think it. Um, I'm surprised like it doesn't already kind of exist. And then uh, I feel like with the metaverse and kind of like virtual reality, it's going to be even more important because uh, you have a lot like impersonating is scary, but like in the virtual worlds, when you're kind of um, kind of interacting with people, I feel like it's going to be that much more scary. So having that type of verification, I think would be great. Yeah, absolutely. And then, you know, you can even verify, uh, you know, a lot of problem right now with, uh, with, you know, the internet and, and social media is uh, fake news. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a lot of that's coming from the mainstream as well, but you know, there's a lot of stuff that comes in. I mean, I'm, I'm constantly fact-checking whatever comes my way just yeah. to make sure it's true or not. And so there's, there's cool things that you can do, you know, with this ID concepts and even, uh, making it so that, uh, this is actually, I think, a, I, I believe a use case for NFTs even, um, where if I post a piece of information, I want to make sure that that information is, is, uh, uh, you know, basically bonded to my, my, uh, float profile, uh, yeah, a reputation mm -hmm. on blockchain. Um, you know, there's, there's interesting concepts that you can come up with this in, with this. New but that does not mean a fact checker is going to be implemented onto float. Yeah. <laughs> I want to clarify. Yeah, yeah. Be your own fact checker. <laughs> Got it. Um, so I want to get, um, we're towards the end. I want to get some more like fun questions. Um, I'm sure most people who know you, uh, or even people who don't know you might be aware, like you guys met, uh, from a Bitcoin meetup. Um, what you, I think is 2013, 2014, when was it? Yeah. 2014. 2014. Yeah. 2014. So, um, from what I understand, Kingsley was, uh, starting a, or having like a Bitcoin meetup event. Uh, Aaron worked at the bar or, uh, event space. Um, but I want to kind of hear what actually happened that night. Like, did you right away be like, I'm going to hit on her or did she hit on you? Did you kind of, um, did it take some time? Was it the second event that you kind of talked that kind of yeah. guy? Yeah, sorry, our dog, our dog wants to get into the stream here. Uh, no uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, before uh, the year previous, I was part of, I went to the, I lived in Canada actually for a year uh, outside of Toronto. And so I started attending the uh, Toronto Bitcoin meetups, which were really great, meeting a lot of people, um, talking about interesting stuff. And, uh, and then I moved back to Vegas in early 2014 and I was like, man, I would love to bring that type of community for crypto and get the, you know, get the word out promoting crypto here uh, locally in Vegas. So I, it was kind of like just, yeah, the stars really aligned because as soon as I was thinking about doing this, I saw a news article from the uh, local press saying that the D Hotel in Las Vegas, uh, located on the on uh, Fremont Street, was uh, was starting to accept Bitcoin for their hotels, uh, their gift store. And, uh, and what else was, oh, there, there were all the restaurants there as well. So I was like, oh, cool. This would be like a perfect place to start a, uh, do a meetup. I called uh, that day and Aaron picked up 
uh, not knowing even really, she had heard about Bitcoin because they, they were discussing it like internally, internally with the company. Yeah. But uh, but she, I guess she like put me on hold and looked up Bitcoin for dummies. Uh, and we uh, we planned, uh, you know, we planned a, a meeting to go check out the, the ballroom that they were going to give us. And uh, yeah, I, I saw her. She saw me. She was actually going out with someone at the time. No so way. that uh, kind of put a... Uh, yeah, yeah. Huh? Okay. A user, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I just remember, yeah, I remember, I guess, you know, she, she you know, uh, felt some feelings. And then I remember uh, going on to the... Uh, no, it's crazy, actually, yeah. because so like the second I heard his voice on the phone, I like looked back at my friend who was working behind me. I was like, this guy sounds hot, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and then as soon as like I saw him face to face in our first meeting, we, man, it was crazy. I just like... I don't know. I think I felt like a rush of emotions, but it like the only way I can possibly describe it is like, I really did feel like magic. Like I did feel like sparks. Like I looked at him and I was like, this person is going to be really important to me or my future in the future, you know? And I was dating somebody and I didn't act on those feelings, but like, I couldn't ignore the, like the, I'd never felt that before. That's so awesome. yeah. Were, I, you, uh, were you into like tech at all or like, um, libertarian stuff before that <laughs> not at all no she was actually a obama uh supporter, supporter. previous to uh, that no so. yeah I'm, yeah I'm, I'm pretty good at uh i'm pretty good at like planting seeds and and really it's just all about just like you know questioning their their uh viewpoints so just like you know saying oh okay well why do you believe that or why this or yeah hey do you have you ever considered this and yeah. just really getting them to come to the conclusion so when uh, that never really stopped me when i found out that she was uh, a democrat and supported obama yeah he just asked me um you know why do you believe in what you believe in and once i realized that i couldn't defend i was just parroting like what i heard on, you know on the news or like through friends and once I realized I couldn't defend like why I believed what I believed in, I it, I everything kind of just totally flipped on its head. And I looked, started looking into Ron Paul, and I was like, oh my god, I used to write him off as like the crazy old kook on my TV during Republican debates, and yeah. um, and I, and he just totally kind of put things into perspective for me, you know, and really let me like do my own research and come to you know my own conclusions. And um, once I saw what I saw, I was just like whoa like uh, i watched the ron paul uh documentary about basically censorship you know and how he was censored in his 2008 and 2012 campaigns and um and i just couldn't believe it like i could not believe the disconnects from you know what actually happened truth and then what was portrayed on the media and i was blown away and so so yeah so a year later we ended up uh you know uh she together. yeah she ended up uh you know leaving her her guy at the time and and then i i stepped in yeah <laughs> I, I didn't realize it took it took a year for that time yeah oh wow good stuff um what's called your story kind of reminds me a little bit of like snowden i i feel like from the movie um his girlfriend was like a democrat and he kind of like did the same thing of just like questioning her and uh and that works because eventually they can't really answer the questions um, right. that's funny i've never actually put that connection together. yeah 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 but um I guess last uh, little question, um, what do you guys do for fun? Cause it seems like you definitely enjoy work and you're passionate about what you do, but like not blockchain, not work related. Uh, what do you guys kind of enjoy or what do you guys, what are some goals that you'd uh, like to try and do? Yeah, well, we were hoping to uh, maybe pop out a baby next year. So that's <laughs> one goal. We, 
we had uh, we had another goal of moving to Texas. So we just moved from Texas to or from uh, Vegas to Texas yep. uh, two months, a little over two months ago. Um, uh, honestly, like what we do for fun, it's like it's such a hard question because honestly, we just play with the animals. We work all the time. We yeah. have we have like a mini zoo. So we have like two animals, two cats or four animals. Yeah. Yeah, two cats. Animals. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> two oh, cats. two animals. Yeah. Sorry, two, two dogs, cats. two cats, and yeah. um, you know, and they take up a lot of our time and focus, and we love them just so much. And but yeah, we go. You know, we like to go shooting, and I like to work out. I haven't been working out that much, which I need to pick back up uh, since yeah. we moved here. We're really big fans of watching Yellowstone every Sunday. Nice. <laughs> yeah, just you know, uh, just not nothing crazy, but besides, you know, maybe uh just the shooting stuff but that's that's really it yeah just normal stuff like to yeah. like to read and a lot let me get out yeah i like it what um i i said that was the last question but i really got one last question coin uh that you like right now what's your favorite coin token. yeah well we're, yeah we're launching float token which we're excited about that'll be integrated into the platform nice. um but you know yeah we we like uh quite a bit you know i we like uh, Bitcoin, Bitcoin's, you know, Bitcoin's always the, the, the main the guy. Dog, but uh, I wouldn't consider that a favorite. Yeah. It's not something I really transact in anymore. You know, yeah. like there was a time we were living off of Bitcoin mm. and paying our bills, paying our developers, um, paying our, our rent, paying for groceries, paying for travel. Um, you know, and it, it was easier back then because the fees weren't as exorbitant. Um, you know, I honestly feel like Bitcoin cash is probably like the most usable right now uh, it's just cheap and fast and um yeah yeah we like i don't know we're like honestly like we don't even spend that much time we were much more in like in the uh investing in other cryptos back in the last bull run yeah mostly now, now we just use our crypto to pay our employees yeah so we just uh we haven't been you know it's been it's been crazy to watch this this latest bull run this this year but we haven't been really you know speculating uh much on on which which is you know unfortunate uh, sometimes because you see crazy things happen with crazy like doge and, and, and every time i got in doge late and i got in sheep late <laughs> mm-hmm. and and yeah, uh, the smart yeah. thing I think is building what, what you guys are doing. That's really what, um, yeah. like, I don't know, making a lot of money on a coin overnight sounds cool, but um, I don't know. I think like long-term building something that's awesome that you want to see, uh, I think is a, a bit cooler. Yeah, yeah, thank yeah you. absolutely. Yeah. Another coin, actually, I would say uh, that is very interesting and that has, you know, made someone we know, you know, um, pretty ne- decent returns is uh hex hex yeah and no, I've, I've been seeing that um that's like richard hart right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Definitely so that's probably the most interesting one but um that's about all the time we have i uh really enjoyed getting to know you guys a little bit more i i feel like i have a million more questions for you guys so i'm definitely gonna have to ask you guys them at some point um i'm on float, the float. So i'm excited to see you guys there and uh Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, cool. was, this was fun. And thanks for doing your research. I was not like expecting you to know that King and I met in 2014. Like that was, that was cool. I, yeah, I think I've asked, uh, I think you you commented that on my, um, one of my posts once and I, that's an awesome way to meet. So I definitely, I'm not going to forget that for sure. <laughs> well, um, thanks again for having us on. We really enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, everyone who's listening, have a good one. Talk to you guys soon.